from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, round one of the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, you got a lot of players tied atop the leaderboard at four under. Chris Kirk, Nick Taylor, Cam Davis, Bo Hostler, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Scotty Scheffler, and Harold Varner the third, all tied at four under. Uh, as far as our guy Willie Zalatoris, he is at two over for the tournament. Uh, he, he birdied the first hole, and I checked the score, and I was like, ooh, Willie one under. Here we go. Then he bogeyed the second hole, birdied the sixth hole, bogeyed the eighth, bogeyed the ninth. He was one over through nine holes. Then he just shot par throughout, bogeyed the 16th, and finishes at two over. But he's only six shots off the lead, so there's plenty of golf left. You know, he has a good day, shoots a, a four under, five under, and and puts himself at, let's say, you know, two under, three under for the tournament. And the leaders are maybe at six under or seven under, and he's only four strokes back. It's doable. It's definitely, definitely uh, doable. NBA Finals are almost set. The Golden State Warriors defeated the Mavericks 121-10. The spread doesn't matter once again, even though Dallas tried to fight for it at the end. Uh, the spread still didn't matter. So congratulations to the Warriors for the sixth time in the last eight seasons they are in the NBA Finals. That's a dynasty. It's just been incredible. What a run for them. And for a guy like Klay Thompson, who dealt with the injury, uh, the rehab, the comeback, and to, to the, you know the time that he was out, and to come back, rejoin his team, not be 100% still, and, and, and make no mistake, he's still not the Klay Thompson that we remember, right? And his players would say that. I mean, Draymond Green said it after the game. He's still not 100%. But dude balled out here in game five. He had 32 points, eight three-pointers, and now the Warriors are back in the NBA Finals, and they'll likely play against the Boston Celtics. And they'll be favored over the Boston Celtics. They have home court advantage, and I get it. The one thing that I'm hoping for 
First off, we have another game here in the Eastern Conference Finals on Friday. Hope that one's competitive, although I don't think it's going to be because none of the games have been. Uh, we had a first half that was competitive in game number five, so maybe we get the same thing here in game six, but I think the Celtics win, and I think they, I think the spread doesn't matter. I think they win by double digits. And so now taking a look at the NBA Finals, and I don't, again, I don't want to disrespect the Miami Heat, but come on. There's nothing that they have done that shows me that they're winning the next two games. They look bad right now. They look tired. They look banged up. They're clearly shorthanded. Jimmy Butler's not himself. He hasn't been himself since game two. And if Jimmy Butler's not scoring and they don't have Tyler Hero, I don't know where they're getting the points from. Victor Oladipo can chip in with his 15, but that's it. Kyle Lowry, need him to step up. He's not. None of these guys are 100%. And I get it for both teams, but it's clearly having an impact on the Miami Heat. They just have not looked like the same team that we saw in the regular season and early on in this playoffs. So I'm going to give the Boston Celtics the win. And now looking at the NBA Finals, honestly, I feel like the Celtics should be the favorite. I know that Boston, I know that Golden State's going to be the favorite because they have home court. But then again, Miami had home court in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Celtics were heavy favorites to win that series. So why can't the Celtics be favored over the Warriors? And how much better are the Warriors than the Boston Celtics? I don't really think they are. And if they are, it's not by much, but I'm going to make the argument that they're not. The Celtics defensively uh, are just so much better than the Warriors. And I compared it last night. I keep doing it. If you take the, the, the units for these teams, right, take these, not just the individual players. You're not going to compare Steph to, to, to Jason Tatum. But if you take first off the scoring, you get the scoring of Steph and Clay against the scoring of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I would argue I'd rather have Tatum and Brown. Tatum and Brown have been more consistent than Curry and Clay. And whereas Clay, and he did a marvelous job of this here in game five, but this is the first time really that we've seen it in, especially in this series. If he doesn't make his threes, he's not doing much more. He's almost become, you know, a spot-up shooter here. Whereas Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can both knock down threes, but they can really hurt you with penetration. They can get to the basket and really create plays off of that. So they are both more dynamic than Steph and Clay. And yes, Steph with the whole, you know, he'll run around, he'll pass, he'll 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 drive the basket, drive the lane, pitch the basketball to somebody else, and then follow the pass all the way to the corner, get the pass back, and hit a corner three. He's yeah, he's nasty at that. 
but I think I'd rather have what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are doing here in this postseason. So that's the scoring. As far as the defense and the rebounding are concerned, great rebounding effort from Kevon Looney here against the Mavericks. You get Looney, Wiggins, and Draymond, or Al Horford, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart. I think I'd rather have the Celtics trio. Marcus Smart's the defensive player of the year, can certainly lock down anybody, much like Draymond can. I think the two are comparable. And Robert Williams and Kevon Looney, certainly. And I think that I'm, I've been so impressed with Al Horford this playoffs, especially this series. He's, he's found himself a little fountain of youth here, a little resurgence from Al Horford. And I make the argument I'd rather have that group than, this, than the Warriors group. And then from the bench, you can give me, you give me Jordan Poole, maybe, you know, who was it here in this game? It was uh, Bielitsa in this game. But you've had uh, Moses Moody, you know, so obviously without Otto Porter, somebody else is going to have to pick up the slack, and 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 that was Bielitsa here in this game. Maybe if Otto Porter is healthy and he plays in the NBA Finals, it changes things. But, you know, the Celtics bench with, you know, White and and Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard to a lesser extent, I mean, these guys have really come through. So I think that, that I think these teams are very close. I think the Celtics can win this series. I really do. I mean, I'm kicking myself for not betting them earlier in the year. But I think the Celtics can win this series. And I, I'm gonna get, I'd love to get a piece of it, but I think maybe the piece I, I'm going to want is the, the finals MVP market. And, and taking a look at that finals MVP market, maybe, you know, I, I don't want to go with, with Jason Tatum, although if you just think of it that way from the Tatum or from the Celtics perspective, it is a way to get the Celtics at a better price, right? So the Celtics are probably going to be one, right now they're plus 140. You want to say that that's, that that'll go down a bit? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Maybe. Plus 130. You can get Tatum right now at plus 220. You can get Jalen Brown, though, at plus 850. And then, as I've said countless times, Marcus Smart sitting there at uh, 50 to 1, 45 to 1. I mean, that's a piece I'd like to have because I think there's a path for him to win finals MVP. It, now, it's obviously, it's a long shot for a reason. It's more likely that it's a guy like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and that's going to be where the narrative comes in. Like, Tatum has been the face of this Celtics team. As good as Jalen Brown has been, it's all about Jason Tatum. And so, if the Celtics win the NBA Finals, hard to, hard to envision as much as we'd like to for the odds, and I can make the compelling argument with the odds, it's hard to see anybody but Jason Tatum winning. So taking Tatum to win the MVP could be a decent way of getting the Celtics to win the series at a little better price. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we'll continue the conversation with Gilles Gallant from FTN Bets. Talk about the NBA Finals and more. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on Beeson. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here on the look ahead here on VSIN. Uh, joining us now, uh, Gilles Gallant from FTN Bets. And Jill's uh, talking about the NBA playoffs here. What's been your take? Because from my perspective, it hasn't really been a good postseason with all these blowouts. Yeah, I kind of tweeted that out last night. I, I got a little more pushback from people than I thought. I was saying that I just felt like the Heat Celtics series and even the Mavs Warriors it just felt anticlimactic at this stage. And yeah, I mean, I think I just want to see the NBA finals now. I just want to see a Celtics and Warriors final. and Let's let the best team win. And when you're looking at that series, and because well, let's let's be honest, uh, the, the Celtics are not going to lose at home in Game Six. They're going to finish this series up against the Miami Heat, who just look awful right now. So looking at the Celtics against the Warriors, it, I, I know the Warriors are going to be favored, but I don't necessarily agree with that. What do you think the line should be? I think it should be closer to a 50-50 pick. I'm obviously, sports books they have to you know, put a little bit more of a favor towards at least one team, um, especially with the fact that I think um, uh, the Warriors would likely get home court advantage. Yes. And I think just one of the things, too, that is a little difficult to peg is, is the small ball going to work 
against this Celtics team that seems to be so adjustable. Um, you know, Miami was kind of trying to employ that strategy. It hasn't really worked at all. Uh, you could say that it worked in the first, you know, game one and game three. I feel like that was Boston almost kind of toying with them more so than uh, than uh, just being overwhelmed by what Miami can do. And and that's kind of what I worry about from a uh, from a Warrior standpoint is um, is their front court going to be able to hang with the likes of of Horford and Robert Williams and I won't include Daniel Theus in that conversation because he's not exactly a defensive dynamo or anything. But but again, when you're having those types of forwards, I feel like the Celtics can match up with the Warriors just as well. So then it's going to probably come down to three-point shooting and you know what the Warriors have. Well, I'll be honest. I've, I've talked about this on the show uh, ad nauseum now, and that's that I would rather have all of the Celtics pieces than the Warriors right now. And yeah, if we look back at what the Warriors are capable of, of what we remember them doing, then sure. But in this postseason, the the defense and rebounding of Al Horford and, and Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, I'd rather have over Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney. And the scoring of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown has been better than Curry and Klay Thompson. Absolutely. And I, that is the really the main thing, too, of defensively, how are they going to, on the perimeter, stop a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Because you know one of them is likely going to have a good game, or even both of them in a given night. Um, but I think it's just the shooting right now with the Warriors and how explosive they can be and really just how many threes they take. I mean, they have three players that average nearly double-digit three-point attempts. So not uh, similar to the way the Mavericks are. I don't want to say that the Warriors are a make-or-miss kind of team the way that they've been playing, but that's what's kind of make tossing it up for me where I don't feel like it's, you know, uh, an obvious thing where we're seeing like, you know, the Warriors when they would open the preseason as odds on favorites to win the title. And then they get to against Cleveland and they're minus two fifty favorites already. It's going to probably be about, you know, minus one thirty minus one forty at the most uh, when it starts off. And I think really the only value, if you are going to actually be playing a Warriors bet is you have to start looking at NBA finals, MVP odds and try to get a little bit ahead of this. Uh, so that way you could even get a shred of value. So who would you consider right now for the MVP? Well, the thing is, Scott, I don't want to bet on Steph Curry at plus 125. He hasn't. Some other books. They've won three championships and he hasn't won the MVP in any of them. And that is the reason why I hate to use the, oh, he's due routine. But the second and third title, of course, Kevin Durant was the best player on the team. I don't really think anybody's going to debate that. 2015 is the real big debate of the one that he should have won, but Iguodala outplayed him in game one and uh, game six of that series. And I think that you think of the writers who vote for this award, like the Zach Lowe's of the world, the Michael Wilbons of the world. And they talk about this a lot, about how they almost kind of feel bad that they didn't vote for Curry enough in 2015. And I'm wondering if it comes to be uh, push comes to shove again, unless Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole is just dropping like 30 a game. I think if the Warriors win, it's likely going to be because of Curry. So right now, if you're going to bet on the Warriors, that's probably the likelihood. But uh, then on the flip side for the Celtics uh, side, if we're assuming that the Celtics advance, um, Tatum and Brown, like Tatum is about plus 220. I'm seeing Jalen Brown at like plus 800, and he's probably been just as consistent from a scoring standpoint than mm-hmm. Jason Tatum has. So I, I'm wondering if, you know, if there's a five, six-game series, seven games, if Jalen Brown could just get a little bit hotter in this type of matchup, maybe being matched up with like Andrew Wiggins a little bit more, um, where he could maybe take advantage in that spot. And plus 800 is a very, very nice-looking odds for an NBA Finals MVP bet. Well, let me give you my long shot. And uh, it 
almost goes back to that 2015 series where the narrative was Andre Iguodala shut down LeBron James. And he was the most valuable player in that series because of his ability to limit LeBron. If Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. absolutely shuts down Steph Curry to the point where he's only averaging maybe, you know, 18 points a game and he's not getting the 31 points that, you know, they're going to need for him to, to score and them to win these games. Why not Marcus Smart as a long shot to be the finals MVP? I love this alley-oop that you just threw me, Scott, because at FTMBets.com, I wrote about the NBA Finals MVP, MVP before the conference finals started, and I said the long-shot bets to take were Marcus Smart at plus 3,000 and Tyler Harrow at plus 5,000. Now, obviously, Tyler Harrow was a bad pick. He hasn't played a couple of the games, and his scoring just was not picking up there. But Marcus Smart, even though he didn't look as great in Game 5, the two games that he did play against the Heat, he looked fantastic. And just like you said, if he's put in a position where – He's shutting down Steph, and he's getting hot from three because the one thing that is awesome about Smart but also a little bit of a downfall is he's a little bit more of an irrational confidence guy, so he will probably take uh, seven to eight three-pointers a game. Like right now, he's third on the team with like over 13 and a half shots. So from an offensive standpoint, you know that he's likely going to put up 15 points a game. And like I and I agree with you, if he does that defensively where he's able to limit Steph to, you know, 25 or less, and uh, it's a more of a dominant showing by the Celtics, Marcus Smart is very much in play. He's sitting right now at some books at 25 to 1. Yeah, I've even seen larger odds than that. So uh, I would definitely shop around and see what you can get on Marcus Smart. Let's talk about this game six coming up here on Friday. Any props that you like between the Celtics and the Heat? It's tough because right now the the injury reports are all over the place. And and the one thing that's really nice is – uh, you kind of know the consistent players, like a guy like PJ Tucker or or uh, or Jason Tatum. But once you get past like you know the the core guys, it starts to get a little murky on who's going to be playing, and it might come right up until tip uh, tip off before you actually know who's on the court. Um, so for that game, I'm going to go back to the well, and I'm going to be looking at Marcus Smart. Uh, points and assists uh, in Game Four or probably Game Five, it was 19 and a half, and then. Um, and he ended up actually getting in foul trouble, and Derek White ended up having a much more impactful uh, game. But I think uh, with another day of rest and returning home, uh, the line is going to be right around 18.5, 19.5 for points and assists. I'd be looking at the over on that one again. I'm a little bit of a sucker. I, I love to take P.J. Tucker three-point props because I know that he's going to be out there on the court. He's just a little hesitant to shoot, and you know that he's going to get at least one a night. But if you can get two, you're staring at plus 200, plus 215 odds. Um, and if you had t- if you had taken P.J. Tucker uh, two or more three-point props for every game uh, in the playoffs, you'd be up three and a half units just blindly betting it. So that's the one reason why I've always been kind of gravitating towards P.J. and then Marcus Smart as well for the points and assists. While I have you, let me give you my football bomb that uh, I, I want to toss in here and get your thoughts on it since you love the props and you love the, the future bets here. Daniel Jones, comeback player of the year, eight to one. Oh wow! Okay, um, sure. Yeah, like again, I don't think that that's you know what the NFL needs. They need like a most improved award, like kind of yes, thing like that. Yes, so that you, yes. know, you know what I mean? Which is kind of like a you know a poor man's version of this award because this is meant to be you know people who have overcome adversity. I think Daniel Jones is in a perfect spot because he literally is back against the wall. If he does not get it done this year, he is out of New York, there's going to be no questions asked. And I don't think the Giants fans are going to be sad to see him go. I don't think Giants brass is going to be sad to see him go at this stage, especially with how much they built in. 
Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think that would be a great spot. Um, I mean, there's some other quarterbacks that I'm sure that uh, you could probably talk me into, but Daniel Jones, I love that spot. Jills, appreciate the time and the conversation. And as we get closer to the football season, we'll we'll definitely have this debate once again. <laughs> Would love to, Scott. Thanks a lot and enjoy game six. There he is, Jills Gallant from FTN Bets. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I've, I've mentioned this on several shows. I'm very high on it. I'm not, I, I think that Daniel Jones is, is the guy. I, I want to go over that a little bit more coming up next. Uh, as we take a, just a brief look at the futures market in the NFL. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll talk about that Comeback Player of the Year award. Talk a little NFL coming up next. And then, of course, we got to go through the Major League Baseball board as well, pick out some winners for Friday. This is The Look Ahead right here on v the Sports Betting Network. Winning never looked better. Make free hoops and soccer picks for a shot at a sweet payday with the H&M Wear That Feeling Prediction Series. Enter three pools and compete for your share of $15,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash HM now to get in on the action, H&M, to make everyone look and feel good. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sadenberg back here. It's a look ahead on VCND Sports Betting Network, looking uh, way ahead to the start of the NFL season. And I was really interested in the uh, comeback player of the year market. First off, I'm pretty high on the New York football giants this year. I think that with the benefit that they have with their schedule, and keep in mind, they are on the road in week one against Tennessee. And then they don't play a true road game for the next two, three, four, five, six weeks until they go to Jacksonville on October 23rd. And really, that game against Jacksonville in Jacksonville's not going to be a tough road test. So... You got the Titans on the road, home against the Panthers, home against the Cowboys, home against the Bears. You got the Packer game in London, and then home against the Ravens, at the Jaguars, at the Seahawks, home to the Texans, home to the Lions. There are winnable games on this schedule. A lot of winnable games on this schedule. And Daniel Jones is most certainly going to benefit from being coached by Brian Dable. I'm not saying that he's going to have a Josh Allen-esque season. But this is a guy who put up some pretty good numbers before he got hurt last season and was showing signs of, of growth. And if Dable can squeeze 
every ounce of talent and good play out of this kid with the weapons that the Giants have that are finally healthy. You know, this is a Giants team that was really, uh, really hindered with the injury bug last season. But now you got Saquon Barkley healthy, Kenny Galladay healthy. Offensive line should get a boost with Evan Neal, the rookie. Defensively, it was the strength of this team, and now you got um, you, you 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 drafted Kayvon Thibodeau. That should be a should have a big impact on, on their pass rush. Blake Martinez coming back healthy, so this is an interesting football team. First off, I do kind of like them at a, as a long shot to win the NFC East at ten to one, twelve to one, whatever you can find it at. Just because I don't like the Cowboys this year. I am high on the Eagles this year, much like everybody is. But there's not the value's been lost on the Eagles. But the value could be on the Giants. But anyway, where, the, where I think there's good value is Daniel Jones to win the Comeback Player of the Year award. He's currently at 8-1. to one. Let me read you the list. Derrick Henry is the favorite to win Comeback Player of the Year. This one I don't understand. Because Derrick Henry actually came back last year. Right? So I, I don't I don't buy him for comeback player of the year. Deshaun Watson. Why is he even on this list? Literally. You don't win the comeback player of the year coming back from legal problems. So we cancel him out. Jameis Winston is an interesting one. Jameis Winston at plus 550 could have a very nice season for the New Orleans Saints. And to go along with Jameis Winston, how about the wide receiver for that Saints team, Michael Thomas, at 6-1. to one. And I think those two go hand in hand. Christian McCaffrey at plus 750 certainly is a guy that could be on this, that, that could win this award. But then it's Daniel Jones at 8-1. to one. And then Mitchell Trubisky at 8-1 to one also. I don't buy Trubisky, but for Daniel Jones, I absolutely think he's live. Beyond Daniel Jones, at 10-1 to one is Travis Etienne. How could you come back if you never really were there in the first place? So, not buying on Etienne. Cam Akers at 10-1 to one also, but this is the same thing. Cam Akers came back. Right? Came back in the playoffs. I'm not, I, could, I, I don't think he's going to be comeback player of the year. Come back in the playoffs. J.K. Dobbins ten to one. Robert Woods twelve to one. Will Fuller fourteen to one. No, no, the guy for me is Daniel Jones at eight to one. You know, there's no competition. He's the starter. He's the quarterback. And if this team improves, if he puts up a, a big year and they win games. I could easily see him being the comeback player of the year. Who who thought that Joe Burrow was going to be the comeback player of the year last year? It was Dak Prescott every week of the season. We have the uh the odds the the, the tracker up on vsin.com where you can, you know, track all the futures and and the odds movements in the NFL and it's a great tool. Uh, available for subscribers. You go to the, um, you know, we have all that on the uh, NFL page 
really, uh, really some great stuff there. The, the prop tracker and everything. How did, who thought Joe Burrow was going to win the award when Dak Prescott was the guy coming back from the big injury, right? And yes, Joe Burrow came back from the injury as well, but it was Dak Prescott all season long. Let me, let me, I have, I have it here, ready? Dak Prescott was plus 175 in week one. Week two, plus 125. Week three, even money. Week four, minus 175. Week six, minus 300. Week eight, minus 500. Week 13, Dak Prescott was minus 1,000 to win comeback player of the year. Then in week 15, minus 650. And week 17, minus 140. Joe Burrow, his high price was at 8-1. to one. And then went down to plus 110. And then he wins the award. Who saw that? when Dak Prescott was minus 1,000 in weeks 13 and 14. Things change throughout the season. All it takes is for Daniel Jones to stay healthy throughout the entire year and for him to, you know, maintain. And at the end of the year, let's say the Giants are in a division race and they got a shot at the end of the season. Let's say they have seven wins and it's going to take nine to win the division or 10 and you got Minnesota, Indianapolis and Philadelphia weeks 16, 17 and 18 and all of a sudden Giants win all three of those games and forget about winning the division maybe just making the playoffs he could easily win this award the 8-1 to one for Daniel Jones is the same odds that Joe Burrow was at the start of the year last year. So, think about that. As for the Giants, their win total is right around 7. And uh, I'm just looking at the uh, spreads for the Giants games that we have right now. And this is uh, all available up on um, DraftKings. They're underdogs against the Titans. Favorites against the Panthers. So we're going to give them the wins in the games that they're favored in. So a win against the Panthers. Uh, win against the Bears. They're favored against the Bears. And let's see. The Jaguar game is going to be, uh, right now they're plus one. So that's a coin flip. But I'll give them a win there. Uh, they're two-point they're two dogs at Seattle. So that one could be close. They're three-point favorites against Texans. So... Uh, they're they're point and a half against the Lions. We're already up to four wins. Pick against Washington. Let's call that five wins. I mean, they're already at five wins. Just the games that they're favored in. Now you win a game that you're an underdog in, like the game against Seattle. You win a game that you're an underdog in, maybe one of these division games against Philly or or Dallas. That's how you get that over seven wins. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll go back to the Major League Baseball schedule for Friday, uh, give you the entire pitching matchups, and see if we can pick out a win here 
for the play of the day or what really jumps out to me at first glance. So look ahead here on this. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash Scott Sandenberg back here. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the Major League Baseball board. First, we'll update our uh, record. Uh, lost the play of the day here on Thursday. Kind of upset about it, but what are you going to do? Uh, went 2-1 and one on the full baseball card. So every day this week, just so you know, if you're a VSIN subscriber, and if you're watching me, you probably are, check the Daily Best Bets page, okay? On your homepage, you simply just scroll down to the quick link section and click daily best bets from hosts. Or the easiest way to do it is in your email, right? In the email that you get every single day as a subscriber. There's a section that says VSIN best bets. And it says, quote, you can check for updates here. And it's in bold letters. It says here, the best bet sheet is updated throughout the day with picks from hosts and guests. So check back often to see what's been added. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. That's how you do it. I will always tweet out when my picks have been updated on that best bets page. So if you're waiting, be patient. Yeah, and I get your tweets. I know people tweet at me and they're like, hey, where's the, where's the bets? Where's the bets? I got you. Okay. I want to make sure you get them with plenty of time to put them in before first pitch. 
every day this week, if you followed the entire baseball card, you have made profit. Starting on Sunday, if you want to go, like you want to start on Sunday, sweep on Sunday, sweep on Monday, three and one on Tuesday, three and one on Wednesday, two and one on Thursday. Every day. Profit. Records updated for the season. Play of the day is at 32-17-1. And and overall, 103-58-3. It's been a good season. And I'm thankful. Sure, luck is involved sometimes. Absolutely. But I feel like I'm seeing the board very, very well, especially this week. And hopefully this continues. Keep adding units. And let's just... uh, Keep cashing those tickets and and turning a profit. So here's where I'm looking at for uh, Friday. A couple of things jump out to me on this schedule that I'm looking at. Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays, minus 115 against the Angels. You got um, Chase Silseth going for the Angels. Uh, his last time out, he's only thrown, he's only made two starts this season. Both of them were against Oakland. The first start, six shutout innings. And again, it's Oakland. Second start, four and a third, gives up three runs on six hits. Again, to Oakland. The Angels quietly, only five runs in their last two games combined. So offense, just maybe got to wake up a little bit for them. Alec Manoa is the guy that could absolutely limit that offense for the eight angels. So I'd like to dive into this one a little bit further, but backing Alec Manoa in, in some way could be uh, a move here. Uh, the Astros against the Mariners. Justin Verlander against Chris Flexen. Normally I'd say Chris Flexen at home. There's the guy you got it. Can't bet against him. But Chris Flexen has been a shell of himself. Uh, his last home start against Philly got tagged for six runs in five innings. His last three starts, five runs allowed in four innings, three runs allowed in five and a third, six runs allowed in five innings. Chris Flexen right now, if we look at his um, his stats, he's got a 4.98 ERA, which is not good. His fielding independent pitching, his FIP, is at 5.49. He's got a worse FIP, which is a bad sign. It means that as bad as he's been this year, he's actually gotten lucky at some times, at some points. And he should actually have worse numbers than he actually does have, which is crazy. Justin Verlander, meanwhile, has not allowed a run in his last three starts, which totals 19 innings. He has not allowed, let me me say this again. Justin Verlander has not allowed a run in his last 19 innings. In those 19 innings, he has only allowed eight hits. He went six shutout against Texas, Five shutout against Washington, eight shutout against Minnesota. Before that, two runs allowed against Seattle, 
six and two thirds. And both of those runs for Seattle came in the seventh inning. So, Justin Verlander, this season, and he's given up a run here against Texas in the seventh inning. Oh, this is just going to be, this is going to be fantastic. Let me look at this Toronto game real quick. All right, Toronto scored one in the fourth, two in the fifth. Okay, all right. And L.A. scores one. Justin Verlander this season has made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starts. Okay, so decent amount of starts. In the first five innings of those eight starts, so that would be what? 40 innings? Did I get that right? Justin Verlander has only allowed three runs. Two of them in Toronto. No, uh, three runs, yeah. All three, four runs. Three against Toronto and one in his first start against the Angels. He has not allowed a first five-inning run in his last one, two, three, four, five starts. That is 25 scoreless first five innings in his last five starts. Chris Flexen, bad stats. Justin Verlander, great stats. The play of the day might simply just have to be the Astros laying a half a run in the first five innings against the Mariners. That's got to be the best bet on the board. They're minus 200 for the game. They'll probably be a little bit higher juice than that for the first five. This price could be... Oof, let me see what the run line price is right now. The first five is not going to be out there. But Astros on the run line right now is going to be on the overnight line. Let's see. Strohs minus a run and a half, minus 125. That's actually not bad on... So if it's minus 125 for the run line, then the first five run line is probably going to be comparable. I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I got to dive a little bit further into this, but I might not have to because I really, really like this. This could be... I might be I might play this all the way up to like 140. And you know what? That's where I see it right now. I see Astros minus a half a run minus 140. But I think that's the play. I really think that's the play. Keep it locked into my Twitter page at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I will tweet out when the full major league baseball card is up, including the play of the day. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time, Aaron Rinning, NBA handicapper at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Paul Stone, college football handicapper, and Cabby Richard from Sportsnet Betting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That's coming up this morning on Follow the Money. I'm, I like that Astros play. But I will dive into everything coming up here on Friday, and I will tweet out the play of the day as well as when the rest of the Major League Baseball card has been updated. Let's look to make it a clean sweep of the full week 
making a profit every single day. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.